0: Welcome to Church Unscripted, a conversation that happens weekly here at Brookside. We're so glad that you have decided to join us today. I've got with me er- Eric, I'm Eric. A, I'm a <laughs> Eric, 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 yes, John, I'm I got you switched Eric. up there. It's very confusing. Um, very confusing. Uh, and we're, we're just here to talk about um, this past weekend's sermon and some other topics that may come up uh, throughout our conversation. And if you do like these sweatshirts that we're all wearing, uh, unplanned uh, unscripted, if you will, uh, check out brooksidemerch.com. You can get, you can pick one up there. So let's start the conversation. Uh, give us an, uh, a brief synopsis of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. What is that? What is that?
1: Uh, yeah, that's, that's the question I kept asking in preparation for this message. And I think I have a clear understanding of it. However, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to leave it open for people to interpret it differently. Hmm for me. However, the best understanding I have of scripture is that anointing is when the presence of the Holy Spirit is on you. Uh, and that gives you wisdom to know the heart and mind of God. So you now have spiritual discernment so that you can discern the truth mm. and you can make wise decisions. But the other thing is that you get power uh, to do what God is calling you to do. Mm. And that could be like in a moment, but it also could be like more of a calling. Mm. In the Old Testament, it's very, very momentary where the Holy Spirit comes on a person for a specific purpose. And then in a sense, kind of doesn't, But then the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is in us. And therefore that anointing we believe mm. is always on us if we're in line with the Holy Spirit and doing, mm. and doing what he's asked us to do.
0: So in the, in the New Testament, would you say that there's only one type of anointing of the Spirit? Or do you think that, what? what? I'm just curious. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm curious about where you're go. going with this one type. <laughs> one one type right. of anointing or is there uh, that same kind of anointing where the Holy Spirit comes on someone for a specific purpose? And then that anointing then is taken away. Is that, do you think that
1: exists now? That's a good question. So I would, say, I would say that it's yes, that there's different kinds of anointing, although it's the same anointing from the same spirit. Mm-hmm. I think the first part of the anointing is that as the follower of Jesus, you have that wisdom to know the heart and mind of mm-hmm. God. And I don't think that ever leaves you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he has anointed you specifically mm-hmm. in a way that he has not anointed me. And he's anointed me in a way, specifically, he's not anointed other people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's more rooted in what he's empowering us to do. Mm -hmm. So if I try to lead worship, like you try to lead worship, uh, I don't think it's going to have nearly the impact. Mm. Um, And then if I try to teach, like some people are are anointed to teach, Mm. uh, then it wouldn't have the same impact.
0: Do you think there's a moment when the anointing could come upon you to lead worship and then... Disappear for a yeah, time. and I think that, yeah. So
2: I kind of have yeah. a question here about this. Okay, are I you mean, getting you're
1: controversial not, or something? No, you
2: are getting a little <laughs> controversial, but I, I had a question that's like right in line with this. Mm-hmm. So I I, I want to kind of put it in here as you say that. Yeah, do it. Because it,
1: wait a minute, did he just overrule your question?
2: I, I think he said didn't, that, didn't, that
0: my question was not good. He enough. said your no
2: no no, your terrible. question was great. Was not, my question is better. Here's, than here's than the your... thing: is I have a question that kind of is, is a off to the side question on that. So I want to I want to ask it is there room in our understanding about the Holy Spirit to pray for a special anointing for a temporary purpose or time? And that's exactly Mm -hmm. what you're saying, but in a broader sense, Mm -hmm. like you said, worship, but I'm thinking like sometimes, I mean, I I have prayed that God would anoint someone Mm. for a specific purpose. Mm. And so Is there space for that? I mean...
1: Absolutely. Okay, okay. Yeah, we do this all the time, don't we? It's it's every time you step into a meeting, you're praying a very small micro prayer right before the meeting starts, saying, Holy Spirit, anoint me to have the wisdom and the leadership and the response that they need me to have, right? Mm -hmm. So that I represent you well. I think when he responds to that prayer, that's a micro anointing. And I think if you ever found yourself in a situation where... Um, you have an opportunity to share the gospel you, the Holy mm. Spirit can give you the right words and the right he promises this in the New yeah. Testament he says to his disciples um, when you find yourself arrested and put on trial for your faith you don't need to worry about what you're going to say don't even mm. prepare anything for you will be given the words to say in that moment mm. and yeah. that's an, that's an anointing yeah. So I think it's yes to both. There's this general anointing he puts on yeah. all Christians. And then there's this calling kind of anointing that he gives those for a specific mm. like career perhaps or a mm. vocation. And then there's like the momentary uh, anointings where he empowers you to do something in the moment that yeah. you definitely need. So,
2: so yeah. if that's true, David, I'm just thinking like, how have you seen that? work out that's in your a life. good that's question. that's what I I want to ask you because you're the worship leader in my so that's life. why I'm like well <laughs> I like that
1: he put you on the spot yeah,
2: on yeah I'm sorry I'm sorry.
0: yeah I'm trying to think of a of a time um you know one of the first times I'll say one of the first times that I remember this I was doing missions in Brazil and I I do not like public speaking I mean, it's not my preference. I will do it if he anoints me to do it. <laughs> he but, anoints you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I would much rather prefer to be kind of under the radar, behind the scenes. And I was asked to lead multiple sessions uh, for this youth camp that we were leading to the Brazilian kids. And I didn't know what I was going to say. I did all the prep work. I did all the things. And it was kind of a moment like what you just described when you're on trial. But this was not me on trial. This was just me trying to convey in English through a translator to these students. And I remember like walking in and I'm like, I don't know if this is gonna make sense. And then I finish and I have no idea what I said, but everyone's like, wow, that was amazing. Like that's exactly what I need to hear. So I feel like personally, that's where I've seen the anointing of the Holy Spirit in a outside of a normal, like I, I believe he's anointed me as a follower of Jesus and anointing me for different tasks. That was a very specific thing. And I've also had friends, this is a, this is a kind of a cool story because it happened here at Brookside. Um, I have a friend who had been asking the Holy Spirit to use him to be a, uh, a what's the word I'm looking for? an avenue for healing in somebody's life. Like he he was specifically just praying that God would provide him an opportunity for him to pray over someone that would be healed. And it was at a FEC conference here at Brookside and there was, there was a lady that was, uh, her leg or her hip was hurting and there was some issues with it. And to see that happen I was like, that's the anointing of the Spirit happening right there in that moment. Like, he's never he's never healed anyone before. He's never, you know, all this stuff. And he's just being willing and obedient. And And it's kind of cool to see that play out in real life.
2: So sometimes yeah. sometimes the special anointing is something that we're uncomfortable doing. I mean, because you described mm-hmm. speaking with a translator and yep. everything like that. So a special anointing many times is something like that. And I'm sure, Eric, you've had times where you get through a sermon and you're like, I don't know if that made any sense. And then you realize like, <laughs> whoa, yeah. something happened in this room. Yeah. And then you can you can only give credit to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You're annoying. Yeah. You I love saying moments. It's like, I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. I may have some yeah. skills or talents, but this is not even that. This is totally separate from that.
1: Yeah. That, that's the beauty of an anointing is that when an anointing happens, um, it's very clear that you really had nothing to do with the experience. You were mm. there to observe and to benefit from it, but uh, you could not take the credit for mm, it. And this is yeah. not just for being empowered to do something like yeah. a task. This is also to be experience a certain experience. For example, uh, I, I feel like when we go to Israel and experience um, the book of Matthew in real time, it's, it's you stand in places that Jesus stood, you do the things that Jesus did, and all of a sudden, the scriptures come alive, and now all of a sudden, there's an angle to the truth that you've never seen before, and it's in that moment, in that experience, that I think the Holy Spirit has anointed you with uh, some kind of a revelation, some kind of a mm. truth that has further transformed mm. you and deepened yeah. your appreciation for him. Mm. Um it's, this is why I think. This is why I think that the more you stay in step with the Holy Spirit, and the more you're open mm. to His leading in your life, the more an anointing saturates every part mm. of your life. Mm. So the, the older you get, the longer you walk with Jesus, the more your life is run out of the anointing mm. than them being um, um, the exception to mm. the rule.
0: I was I was thinking about this. You you said that uh, you said a couple times that you crave that anointing, right? How could you not? Yeah, yeah. And I do too. And I was thinking about how sometimes I feel like we can almost use that crave to pursue the anointing rather than actually pursuing the Holy Spirit himself and how that can trip us up. And we actually miss the anointing because we're looking for, oh, if only I could preach like Eric, like anoint me to preach like Eric. Well, it's not happening, but you're missing another avenue where the Holy Spirit's trying to anoint you because you're just comparing yourself with someone else.
2: Well, and we and we've talked a little bit about like wanting the power of the Holy Spirit versus relationship with the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. And so mm-hmm. I think that's very parallel. I want to take five steps back because I heard your sermon and I thought to myself, when I was new to church and I didn't understand things. I'd never actually heard what the word anointing was, and you described it mm. a little bit. You described this like idea, the oil and everything. Mm. And I was about to pull a whole gallon of olive oil and dump it on you during the podcast, <laughs> but that got <laughs> nixed. So that's I, coming we're not, after. That's we're not in doing the Gatorade that Ray jug. Ray. That's views right, go really up. I know. I know. Honestly, like that'll go viral. But yes. um, but I guess what I'm still trying to wrap my head around is how could we describe in our culture, a contemporary example of anointing. Like, like what, mm-hmm. like how do we now anoint people in culture? You know, what does that look like? Because it's kind of a blessing, right? I mean, and we do it for the sick. Um, James talks about bringing, bringing your, uh, to the elders and then mm-hmm. get anointed with oil. Mm-hmm. So what's a contemporary anointing? I mean, I, I, I don't think it's oil. Maybe there's something else that we use to anoint people. I don't know how you describe that.
1: That's a hard question. Look, yeah. David's got I'll his let, face. I'll, I'll let Eric I've go 1st got first. A, an <laughs> idea. I don't know if it's like a, an apples to apples correlation, but I think something very similar is this. What I've been saying is that the Holy Spirit gives each of us certain domains that we have been entrusted with and then have mm-hmm. authority over, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so he asks us to use... Uh, our spiritual gifts and use that authority in that domain and when we use it for his glory and his Mm -hmm. kingdom using the keys of the kingdom which Mm -hmm. I'm sure you're going to ask about later on then in a sense that invites (laughs) the Holy Spirit to do some really cool stuff Mm -hmm. now in the church world I used to not really understand or appreciate or even care about this thing called ordination or credentialing and if, if people don't know what that is, that's simply when you want to become a pastor of a church, you have to kind of sit in front of the denominational leaders and they grill you with theological questions and experience and, mm-hmm. you know, what kind of struggles do you have? How's your marriage? All that kind of stuff. And if you kind of sense past that test, they credential you. And what that is, is they're giving you their authority to preach the gospel in a church that belongs to that network of churches. And that's what ordination is. And so I'm wondering if the Holy Spirit has given our denominational or, or FEC leadership the authority to pass the anointing that have that been given to them onto the pastors over the churches. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and I'm just wondering, would, would the Holy Spirit bless this ministry and my preaching if the leaders of our network of churches did not first? And yeah. I think that that might be some kind of a, a contemporary form so
0: of an anointing. Is that like a trickle down then to the congregation where like equipping the saints for the work of the ministry? Like, is that, does that anointing then pass through like from leadership to families, to homes, to children, you know,
1: does that? Oh, I think so. I mean, how, how is, how could you understand this whole mission of the church for disciples, making disciples, if it's not a passing on of an anointing, hmm. um,
2: well, and so in some ways, yeah. I mean, it's almost like a blessing. Yeah, when you yeah. pray a blessing yeah. over someone, yeah. we pray a blessing over the church body, the oh, whole yeah. body, mm-hmm. and we pray a blessing right. over our kids, our families. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's vitally important. The reason I ask the question is there's not many. Uh, contemporary examples of anointing. Like when you were, you, you used the word, I think, a hundred times on Sunday. I was like, looking. <laughs> I was like, he said it this many. And then I'm like, I'm like thinking in my head, you, I'm like- Hey,
1: you count everything. Did you know that?
2: I know, I count you, everything. Yeah. <laughs> I do, I do. Inside joke for later on a, okay. another Church Unscripted. <laughs> but so I think in terms of like anointing, how am I, if I'm sitting in the church seat here, mm-hmm. if I'm sitting in, in uh, it's not the pew, it's a chair, you know, whatever. If I'm sitting in the chair- like, how do I pursue that, but also pass that on to others? Because I feel like that's kind of what you were describing: is denominational leaders, the pastor, pastor to the church, but even like everybody has an anointing, right? Yeah. So how do you help others? Yeah.
1: Well, I don't think the question is, do you have an anointing, and can I, can I necessarily pass the anointing on? If you are a follower of Jesus, you have the anointing because the Holy Spirit's on you. I yeah. think what is passed on is learning how to live fully in that anointing. Mm-hmm. So so as my kids grow up, if they accept Jesus as Savior, they have the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and the anointing that goes with him in them. It's my job and my wife Heather's job to teach them how to stay in step with the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit so that anointing can have its effect yeah. in their life. Yeah. And I think that's what we pass on. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that, I, think, yeah. That I think it's sense. important to clarify what you were saying was not that the anointing happens through a hierarchy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I just want to make important. sure that that's yeah. out there. That the, the anointing, like you you
2: just said, is right. the moment you believe in Jesus and follow Him as as your Lord and Savior. I, I'm actually just waiting for the line in the service next week for people to be anointed by the lead pastor. You know what I'm saying? I'm just <laughs> oh, kidding. Man, I'm let's, kidding. Let's do it. I, I'm yeah. no, but I'm but, kidding. But in, there is there
0: is that, some spiritual like yeah. implications there. But I just wanted to make sure that was clear for anyone mm. who's watching that. We do believe that the Holy Spirit anoints you at yeah. the time of salvation. Yeah, it does not come from a hierarchy of spiritual leaders. No, but no. It, I think what you were trying to say is the blessing of of it's almost that affirmation of the anointing of mm-hmm. of we see the anointing in you and we're gonna we're gonna affirm that and we're gonna encourage you to live in that.
1: Yeah, Th- thanks for clarifying yeah, that because yeah. there has been I think some religious leaders that in a sense, take on that authority yeah. and use that to manipulate and control. Mm. And that just creates all kinds of yeah. unhealth and yeah. dysfunction.
2: Well, and that's, that's kind of all the, the questions and ideas I've had for this week. They all surround that kind of, is there a spectrum of anointing well, you know, that's like, some I, people are looking, my, like, I'm only anointed this much. I, I've got the anointing from the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but I don't got any special anointing. I've prayed so, for that before, but I never got it. I'm not, yeah. I, I feel like that's some of us. And I feel like there's another part of us that is like, well, I'm anointed. Does anything really ever change with that? Like, I'm empowered by yeah. the Holy Spirit. And so like, I don't feel any different. I'm not acting any different, but you know, yeah. and so I think we're really, we're talking about apples and oranges a little bit. We have the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. but then is there a special anointing like you see in the Old Testament? (laughs) So I'm not trying to go in circles, but I I found the idea in the Old Testament before Pentecost to be very clear that there was an anointing on on someone and then it was taken from them Mm -hmm. at some point or it was kept on them to death. Mm -hmm. But it could be taken from them. Can you have the anointing of the Holy Spirit taken from you? I'm not trying to be like, like, like super theologian. You see, this is unscripted, so <laughs> I don't, I don't believe that that's the case because if we believe salvation is secure, that's tied to salvation. I mean, that's how we're saying it, right? Isn't that?
1: Well, I, our salvation is secure. I, here's what I believe, man. We're we're kind of getting a little bit off track here, but that's fine because I think people are thinking of this. But I mean, I believe my salvation is secure in terms of God's ability to keep me with him and in his family. However, scripture's clear. Paul says it several times. There are ways that we can shipwreck our faith. Yes. There's a way we can abandon it. Mm-hmm. We can walk away from it. Um, and so it's not a matter of, am I secure in God? Absolutely I am. But there's also passages that says... Um, uh, to, to make sure you hold on to your faith if you keep your faith. Mm-hmm. So can you lose your anointing? No, I don't think so because there's nothing that we can do that's going to convince God to say, you know what, I'm gonna, he's now disqualified and I'm going to take it away. It's more of an abandonment of it um, as opposed to a, a but then, losing. Well, yeah, of, yeah, because yeah. you're not
2: using what's, what God's giving you What's an the motivation
0: then to use it? If... I, I'm yep. playing a little bit of a devil's whoa, advocate, whoa, but whoa. you thought I was going, yeah, deep. but I'm just, I'm like, I, I wonder, sometimes I wonder when we talk about that, well, if, if I can't lose it, then what's the point of
1: using it? Do you know? Oh, oh my goodness. I could that's totally a, give you an answer to that. Oh, give this it, is give easy. It. No, oh, okay, so it. <laughs> give it, give it. Listen, I'm just, I want to, if I've it got there. a supercar that's yep. got like 8 million horsepower, but all I do is use a hundred horsepower. What's the point, right? I mean, it's there. It's there, right? And I think think there's something about the car itself Mm -hmm. that is always urging us to put the pedal to the metal, you know? I agree. And just floor it because there's 8,000 horsepower Mm -hmm. that's just, it's itching to get out. Yeah. And I think there's this anointing in us that once it's there, it is calling us and beckoning us. It's... To live in it, so what, you, but you you can as much as you want to. You can hold back if you want to. And uh-huh. there's all kinds of things our enemy does to convince us we need to do that. Yeah. It's a fear, or it's an insecurity, mm. or it's a sin that besets us mm. that becomes like a chain. Mm. Uh, I mean, I mean it, the Bible talks about this. I Me mean, throw off everything that hinders. Yeah and the sin that so easily entangles, and yeah. let us run the race with perseverance. Yeah. that That's anointing kind of yeah. language.
0: I like that. Yeah, I, I was just throwing out, it, it out just because... Easy question, dude. Oh, Come sorry. on, give me a hard one. Sorry. You said mine okay. was hard, yeah. and
2: then your follow-up is right. easy. I'm so confused right now. I'm so confused. I don't know what's easy. I don't know <laughs> what's hard. I don't know. I, <laughs> I thought it was almost the same
0: question. I thought you were just bouncing off mine. I'm like, oh. I don't know. I, I do have a question that uh, kind of goes along with this. So we, we hear the anointing of the spirit. But then a lot of times we hear baptism of the spirit and filling of the spirit. Are they the same thing or are they different?
1: Ooh, that, that one is a hard question. Oh yes. Yeah. Got, got him. Yeah. No, just... is, is this stump the pastor? No, we this... should rename this stump. No. the pastor. No, I right? think it's yeah.
0: a good, I think it's a good conversation because there's a lot of, I, I feel like there's a lot of confusion around that language within right. the church. And, you know, depending on where you lie theologically, like the baptism, the filling, that could all be di- very different. But I mean, what's your
1: perspective on, on that? Is it similar, different? Yeah, I, this one is a little more confusing. Fortunately, I've, uh, I'll just speak for myself and I'm going to let you answer too. But <laughs> I've, I fortunately had a great conversation with a, a pastoral and leadership mentor of mine, is Cal Rickner. And, mm-hmm. um, and I asked him about this and I think the best way he described it is this. When you become a believer, the Holy Spirit owns the house. But it does not necessarily mean that at the moment of him owning the house, he has full access to every room and closet in the house. Mm. And so that's why scripture talks about um, strongholds in our life. Mm. Um, and I think part of what it means to have a baptism of the Holy Spirit or being filled with the Holy Spirit uh, is that every room, every corner, every hidden space in the house is fully surrendered to the Holy mm. Spirit and he takes leadership and ownership of all of that. Mm. And and that's, that's hard for us to do because there's sins that I do not wanna give up mm. and there's vices that I, I don't wanna lose. Mm. And so I'm like, Holy Spirit, you can have the living room and the kitchen, but the bedroom, you don't get to have that place. Mm. And I think a baptism of the Spirit is is where we surrender everything. And then mm. you just begin to see this purification process happen mm. all throughout our life. And that's the best description I've mm. ever heard of it. Yeah, that's good. That's
2: and good he has best. me follow the best description he's ever heard of it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like, like, yeah. like you can say something too. Take that. Well, let me bounce off that a little bit. Um, in the sense that the baptism is the purification part of the process, mm. the filling of the Holy Spirit is, is a direction a, – it can be mm. something that is, uh, I don't know, it, it, if we talk about the special anointing versus the anointing, mm-hmm. like the anointing is like the baptism part. That's the sanctification. Mm-hmm. We're getting more and more like Christ because when you do open up the house, there's still nooks and crannies mm-hmm. that are very dirty. Yep. It's the Holy Spirit sees those parts of you and you've allowed them into those parts, but that still means mm. they're not clean yet. And so, in essence, you're becoming more and more filled with the Holy Spirit. And so it's it's a progressive hmm. thing that's happening. I think that the re- main reason that in the New Testament we get all three terms is because they're not all necessarily the same exact thing, mm. but they're also ways that God uses to describe how the Holy Spirit works in our life because it's hard to put into words what mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit is doing. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that God's not trying to make us understand it, but it's yeah. like, what's really going on yeah. when, when you say you went to brazil and you spoke and you're like i didn't know if this is going to be any good and there's a translator it's like you know that's the holy spirit working but you can't actually explain what just happened yeah right yeah. and so in some ways i see hmm. i see that that anointing at at salvation let's say yeah you know baptism of the holy spirit and then you have this filling happening hmm. where your nooks and crannies are getting clean yeah um I, I think I, I I discourage the fact that there's there's a movement in theology where it's like oh eventually I'm without sin, and I'm like really scared because mm. I just that, I don't, what is that is
1: that called entire sanctification? Yeah,
2: like this yeah. this this idea of like mm. I'm gonna eventually become sinless. The problem I have with that is I'm way too aware of my sin, and the more I come come closer to mm. Christ, the more I'm aware of my sin and the more I realize like how much I need him. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same way with the Holy spirit. Cause when you surrender that stuff, mm. I think what the Holy spirit does is reveals yeah. how much you need the mm-hmm. Holy spirit. Um, I think of it like this. I used to play soccer and every time I was really sick when I played soccer, like the flu puking or like I had a headache or fever. I remember mm. playing one game. I had 102 fever And it was one of the best games I've ever played. Mm. And I thought to myself, like, why was that such a good game? I literally barely could get (laughs) on the field. Like, and I started to realize is the whole time I was praying, like, God, just let me survive this so I don't have to go to the hospital. (laughs) Like, you know, like, but it was a big deal to me. And I started realizing that I was hyper-focused on what I was addressing. And I think the same thing can be Mm. true of our spiritual life. When God exposes Mm. those moments and, like, helps us to understand how you might say sick with sin we are mm. he actually cleanses us and helps us do better in our spiritual walk it's that mm. difficult moment that actually mm. produces growth mm. that was a much longer answer but i kept thinking about it as you were I talking think about the rooms better
1: <laughs> i know because he said it was because he yeah, said it was
2: take it at me i i do have a question before i i know you've got some more stuff no i, I, I go ahead okay I, I don't have much so i'm thinking about this in terms of some of the implications, you talked about the keys of the kingdom at the end. And I think we want to have a little bit of a discussion on that at least. But the implication you brought up Sunday was binding things up brings kingdom values to our lives. That's how I heard it, okay? That's what I, I took out of it. Meaning if we're anointed, we can be free to speak mm-hmm. truth to lies. Mm. We can be free to speak love to hate. Mm. And, we can, and we've been given the keys to God's kingdom. Mm. And so what are some practical ways we can use those keys to the kingdom? That's what I left with. I mean, I felt like you could have had another 10 minutes on just what I just asked.
1: Absolutely. Uh, You know, that is, that is a concept that I'm excited to continue learning more about. And I, I I suspect that what it really means to use the keys of the kingdom is far deeper and far greater than I can comprehend right now. Um, In fact, I'm, I'm convinced that it, takes you, it can take you into a realm of ministry that Brookside's never experienced before. Mm. Um, and it, to some people it might sound weird, but I do think that we have authority over the demonic world in Jesus to bind Satan, and you, I think we can do that. I think we have authority to um, command the demonic um, in the name of Jesus, yeah. and he will flee. And I don't necessarily know how to do that yet, but I'm Mm. anxious to learn. Mm. What I do think I can do now is when I pray for my kids at night, when I put them to bed, Mm. there are certain scriptures where I can pray the favor and blessings of God over them. um, And I can claim scripture in the name of Jesus and release that into their life. Mm. Um, And when I send them to school in the morning, when I give them a simple Bible story. It doesn't have to be too detailed. It doesn't have to have every part of it. But when I just simply rehearse scripture in front of them, then I release kingdom values into their mind. Mm. Um, and I can pray in the name of Jesus, um, bind Satan from taking this away. I mean, that, this is the whole story of, mm. of the sower and the seeds, right? Yeah. I mean, it says some seed was sown on rocky ground on the path yeah. among thorns. And then part of it is Satan came away and took it away, right? Um, But then some seed fell on good ground where it grew and it produced fruit 160 and 30 times. Mm -hmm. And I think the power that we have with those keys Mm -hmm. is um, we can't control people with it. But I think we can prevent Satan from taking the word of God out of people's life more than if we didn't have that authority. Mm -hmm. And I don't really even know what I just said there. That's just what I think I hear from Scripture.
2: let Let me just think of a couple things directly after the passage you talked about about peter on sunday Mm -hmm. is one of the most profound passages that's impacted my life Mm -hmm. in regards to that and spiritual warfare you know essentially i didn't think about spiritual warfare in the same way after i read this passage Mm -hmm. for the first time so let me let me read some of that it's from matthew 16 um peter is basically saying you know hey don't, don't, don't do this. Don't, don't do what you're called to do. I mean, mm-hmm. essentially is what he's saying. And then he, and then Jesus says to Peter, get behind me, Satan.
1: Peter's talking about Jesus going to the cross, right? Yeah, he's
2: going to the okay. cross. And he's mm-hmm. like, hey, hey, I'm, uh, you don't need to do that. He actually <laughs> says, far be it for you, Lord. <laughs> I mean, like, why would right. you do that? And, and Jesus says to, uh, to Peter, he says, get behind me, Satan. You're a hindrance to me for you're not setting your mind on the things of God, but the things of man. Mm. And the way you just described that binding those keys to the kingdom, I think many times our confidence is in the things of man because that's what we mm-hmm. feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And it's not in the things of God, which we're uncomfortable with. And sometimes we don't have the confidence to mm-hmm. speak scripture over people, to, to encourage people in that way, or even, even speak mm-hmm. against things yeah. that we know to be satanic mm-hmm. or untrue mm-hmm. or evil and that's where that's kind of where the rubber meets the road yeah. to talk about your car. a car when it, when it hits the road and the rubber starts going, if you're pressing the pedal to the metal, you're going to leave burn marks. And sometimes like we, we need to keep going mm. and leave burn marks on the road. We need mm. to be, get head in the direction of the Holy Spirit.
1: You know, this, this is uh, something that uh, again, this, this mentor Cal Rickner said while we were in Israel, and we were standing in the very place that of Matthew 16, where Jesus gives the keys to the kingdom to Peter. And he says, mm. when you use the keys of the kingdom well, every time you wake up in the morning, Satan looks at you and he says, oh crap, he's up. You know, because all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. now he's got to contend with somebody who's got all the authority of heaven at his disposal. Yeah. And I, I love that about that potential. And I just don't know, first of all, that we see that potential. And mm. secondly, that we know how to use that potential. Mm. And, but i gotta be honest, this really makes me nervous. Yeah. It really does. And- Part of it makes me nervous based upon a movement that's happening in some worship culture circles where, and again, I want to speak for you on this one. Mm -hmm. This is just something that makes me nervous when uh, in a worship service, the people are encouraged to, in a sense, use those same keys to bind their sickness and then they will be healed. And Mm. they say things like, you know, my sickness is fleeing, you know, as if every cold that I get is a result of Satan attacking me and I Mm. should use the keys of the kingdom to bind him and then I'll be healthy again. Mm. I don't know all of that. Mm. And I don't know if I can say that every time I get a cold, Satan causes it. Um, And I don't know if every time I get a cold, I have been given authority to use the keys to bind it or not. That makes me nervous because Mm. there are people who are the most faithful believers that I know and they pray like crazy when they get diagnosed with cancer and they still die. Mm. And and that makes me nervous. So I don't I don't know to what extent mm. we can use these keys and the authority that comes with them to bind things. Mm. Well, and I, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, I was going to No, say no, I, have, I
0: think yeah. I I've struggled with that too. Yeah. Like I I it's funny because this morning, okay, this morning I had a headache. Did you bind the headache? Well, I didn't bind it. But but the first thing I did was like, holy spirit, like today I have meetings for hours and I'm not going to be a pleasant person if I have this headache. Please just take it away. And it sounds really silly, but it went away. And... And so I don't I don't know no, if it's that was either
1: Jesus or the eight cups of coffee you drank. Well, praise God either way. That's right. <laughs> yeah.
0: But but it's it's a it is a I don't think it's necessarily a binding, right. but it's a it's a like it's a posture of like, I wanna be I wanna live in the fullness of your spirit and I'm not doing that because I have a headache. So I wanna pursue like I'm asking you to take this away so that I can Live that way, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I, yeah,
1: but I mean, just knowing you, even if you still had the headache today, that would not have rocked your faith. No, you would never have no. said, "Well, thanks, Jesus, for not showing up." But it would up, have been you know? harder to go through all that training.
2: Well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> you know that what was, I mean? Like a lot, lot of information. Yeah but, yeah, but I think what you are saying in that is the purpose of that being taken away was for you to pursue the kingdom. Yeah, right? but, I mean that's. I mean, I, I see it as that. The thing is, it goes back to what you said, though. Hmm someone that prays for their cancer to be taken away and it's not, and then they pass away, like, does that mean they didn't pray hard enough or they don't have the keys to the kingdom? That doesn't make sense to me because in reality, like, I believe the truth of scripture. It says we do. I
0: I think in that, if you're praying to bind a sickness, I think the heart behind that is bind the sickness away from my heart of getting in the way of my heart connection with you. Like, I think that should be our prayer. If we're binding a sickness, I think it's more so, and this is just me kind of thinking off the top of my head, but I think there's a difference between, I don't want cancer anymore. And there's a difference between having a heart that says, Lord, I I want this cancer gone, but even if it's not, allow me to be closer to you. I bind this cancer away from my connection with you.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I would, cl- it doesn't need to clarify, but I would say it a little bit differently. I would say, uh, I bind Satan's ability to use this sickness exactly. to threaten my faith. Yes. And the best example I have of that is is one of my friends. Um, he actually, I had the privilege of working with him here, Harry Hyde, mm-hmm. um, yeah. who for the last several years of his life contracted an increasingly debilitating disease mm-hmm. where by the time he passed away, Uh, he was but a shell of who he was. Um, But the entire time that he was going through this, hard, oh yeah, it was really hard for him, Lynette. Uh, Frustrating, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Discouraging, sure. But did it ever detract from their faith? It it absolutely did not. It only uh, made them draw closer to Jesus. And so I never heard them complain. I never heard them doubt Jesus' Mm -hmm. faithfulness. And I think... Whether they said the words or not, I think they used the keys of the kingdom to bind yeah. what Satan would want to do with that mm-hmm. sickness and instead released yep. kingdom faith in the midst of that sickness. Mm. And that's, the, at least at this point that, in my life, that's the best way I can understand yeah. how to use that. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. I mean,
2: I think, I think of a very personal experience of grief. I had a moment where uh, I was, call, I, had, I got a phone call in the middle of the night and I found out that my dad was in an ambulance. And 20 minutes later, I got a call that he was dead. And I was like, oh, okay. I was living in the Midwest. He's on the West Coast. And I remember in that moment kind of being devastated. Of course, you're emotional, like, especially if it's sudden. It was very sudden. Mm -hmm. Um, And I started praying because I was like, I'm angry. Like, I was really, really angry in that moment. Hmm. I'm like, why now? Like, and then I started praying that the Holy Spirit would reveal, like, the purpose, the timing, all that kind of stuff, just in that moment, Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm almost emotional thinking about it. I don't know why I brought this Mm -hmm. up, but it's basically the next moment the Holy Spirit said, well, your last conversation with him, he was encouraging you to treat your wife better, and he was encouraging you about this, and he was having influence in your life, And do you remember that he had this sickness for like 30 years Mm -hmm. and his body was failing him and now he's got a glorified body. And yet in that moment of grief, Mm -hmm. there was like this intense sense of peace after like 15 Mm -hmm. minutes that I can't explain as anything, but Mm -hmm. that being bound in my life so Satan could not create a wedge. And that really is kind of the beginning of my vocational ministry Mm -hmm. journey in a way. When that happened, it was like, the floodgates opened Mm -hmm. to different ministries and being able to do more. And so I think of those moments Mm -hmm. as moments where God protects us. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the keys to the kingdom. He's he's Mm -hmm. actually protecting us to pursue him, the Holy Spirit. He's Mm -hmm. protecting us to pursue him without the bonds of uh, Mm -hmm. bitterness and resentment. I mean, if we really wanted to go deep, and we'll do this in another week, I'm sure, (laughs) but there's a lot of why God questions mm. that I think really are answered with the keys to the kingdom because yeah. we're going to say, hey, God, I want you to bind up mm. these negative thoughts I have in my head because I can't, I can't handle this. I need to mm. focus on you. I want the anointing of the Holy yeah. Spirit. I want it more mm. almost. Yeah. And so I, I really, really, really think that profound, deep moments like that are completely transformative for our faith walk mm. for the rest of our lives. When you're talking about... Your experience witnessing someone suffer, mm. and their spirit—they were the ones suffering, but it had an impact on you, right? Mm. And that's the ki- that's kingdom values right there. Mm. That's what God's kingdom looks like: yeah. is is you having in your weakness, mm. having an impact on a, a number of people. Yeah. So, Wait,
1: what, I'm I'm wondering if. I think the the world that these keys open up to the believer is mm-hmm. is vast and great. What would happen if if 50 Brooksiders on a Sunday morning before services start would show up at Brookside and they would walk around the perimeter, they'd walk through the classrooms, walk here in the sanctuary and would just pray the keys of the kingdom, mm-hmm. binding Satan and what he would want to do here mm-hmm. and saying Holy Spirit, uh, protect us, open our hearts and minds to what you want. What if what if you did that on a weekly basis? What if what if a hundred brooksiders like mm. drove around northeast Fort Wayne through the neighborhoods and prayed that same kind mm. of prayer? I mean, what could happen? And I don't wanna I don't want to predict anything, but I think that could be really yeah. cool when the when the believer learns how to use the keys of the kingdom. Yeah. Yes.
0: I think you see that in Acts like I, that's what I was reminded of is like the we talk about they were anointed uh, Acts 2, the, the spirit falls. But then in Acts 4, it says, um, it's talking about how the rulers gathered together against the Lord and his anointed. Um, but then at the end, it says, and when they prayed, the place in which they gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. And that's what I feel like is the keys to the kingdom is like being able to speak the word of God with boldness, even when things are coming against us. Like that's, that's how we bind things is when we speak the word of God. Um, but I love that. That's really I, good. Yeah, yeah, I love that.
1: That's your mic drop moment for the, for the podcast. Yeah, I won't drop it Yeah, don't, it's yeah. not Don't, don't yeah, drop the don't mic. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good you conversation. Do you have any... Any other thoughts? No,
2: I we we talked about a lot today. We did. Yeah, we covered like a lot we, of ground. That was good. I, I but, feel like we covered a lot of ground today. We, yeah. Can I end with one question? Yeah. All
0: right. So one of the questions you asked on Sunday was why. Uh, let's see. Here. Why isn't my anointing working? And it got me just thinking about people that um, that need encouraged. They, they may feel like um, their anointing isn't working. What, what do you say to somebody who's watching who feels like, I don't know what to do with this thing?
1: That's, that's a really good question uh, because I've felt that before too. Yeah. And I would, I would say initially, it's not because the anointing is in any way broken mm. or diminished for you or that the Holy Spirit hasn't blessed you with it more mm. or l- hasn't blessed you with it as much as he has somebody else. Mm. I would say that there's probably something, um, and this is not meant to be an indictment on anybody um, because uh, this is me too, but there's probably something that I've embraced that Satan has used to hamstring the anointing. It's a fear of something, like I'm insecure. I'm not willing to get on stage or be in front of people. Therefore, like you said, I'm not willing to speak the word of God boldly. I'm too afraid of the relational consequences that'll come from that. Uh, could be a sin that is besetting that, that like we mm-hmm. talked about, sin that easily entangles, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and when your mind is so consumed with the guilt and shame of sin, mm-hmm. then that space, that, that space is occupied mm-hmm. instead of being able to focus on, on the anointing. And I think that's ultimately the power of temptation. It's not just to convince you to make a bad mistake. Yeah. It's to prevent um, some of the things the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit wants to do in you. Om, almost like a, a car, right? It's going to keep the analogy of a yeah. car. It doesn't matter how many horsepower is is in your car. It doesn't matter how pretty it is. If if the tires aren't filled with air, it's not going anywhere. Mm. Um, and I think the anointing is what gives the tires air. It's what puts gas in the mm. fuel tank um, and allows there mm. to be momentum. Mm. And so I would probably ask the person, you know, is, is there some kind of a sin that is overwhelming mm. you that Satan's using to keep you down? Mm. Is there a stronghold in your life that he is using. And if there's a stronghold in your life, scripture says that it, it's a process of deep mm-hmm. prayer and deep faith and encouragement mm-hmm. to break the bondage of that stronghold. Wow. Almost like there's somebody that broke into your house, who's really strong and has tied you up. Mm. And Satan does that quite a bit. Mm. And so I would just ask to evaluate, you know, is there something like that in your life that yeah. is preventing you from living fully on your anointing? I,
2: when you were, when you were talking about that, I also think of, um, in Revelation chapter three, I think it is. Church of Laodicea is called lukewarm. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And so like, as you are saying that, the only thing that doesn't fit in the analogy, because again, right. you've, we've said this over and over, all analogies break down, is I think of like the person that's just mm. numb. Yeah. Mm. They, they don't feel that like passion. They don't feel mm. the anointing. I'm using a specific yep. word, feel yep. it. And I think in some ways, mm. You're either you're either hot or cold. The point is, you have to be something. Be and lukewarm is just kind of like I just yeah. show up. I don't do much.
1: Complacency is, I, I think, Satan's greatest weapon yeah. against mm. us.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, almost like we're we're mm. we're oblivious. We're not aware of how we are not using the anointing we have. Mm. Or you just don't care. Or you don't care. Yeah. yeah. Or you don't care. So like, mm. in, in some ways. The purpose of an anointing is to go out and step out in faith. You, mm-hmm. you use David on Sunday, which we haven't talked about that at all. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to open up a whole other can of worms, <laughs> yeah, but when, of you talk, of when you here. talked about David, mm-hmm. the thing that I think is important about David's life is he took that anointing and he ran where God was telling him to go. Mm-hmm. He was anointed, and then guess what happened? What, what happened right na- after that? David and Goliath, mm-hmm. he goes out in a field and defeats a giant. <laughs> That's the first thing he did with his anointing. He puts, they were trying to put armor on him and it's too big. He's, he's this little boy. Mm-hmm. He goes out in a field, defeats a giant. And then everyone's like, what just yeah. happened? I'm like, that's what happens when someone follows what God's anointed them to do. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. that's So, good. I mean,
0: yeah, I think that's good.
2: Um, well, I, we would just encourage you
0: um, If you are watching this and you believe in Jesus, you are anointed by the power of the Spirit, and we want you to walk in that anointing. And so if today that is just simply an act of repentance of something that maybe is holding you back and you don't feel like uh, you have that anointing, take that step of repentance. Um, If that's just stepping out in obedience, do that. We want to help you. If you have questions about this, please text us. 260-250-4700. We would love to walk alongside you in this. Um, And if you haven't already, share this with a friend, uh, hit the subscribe button, the like button. Um, We would love uh, to just continue on this journey of unscripted conversations with you. Thanks for joining us today.